episode 370, we're going to talk about the product research. Yeah, let's do this. I'm excited. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now, your host, Michael Michelini. So, Aubrey's got her passport. That's pretty yeah, cool. Finally. Awesome. Coming to China? Where are you going? I thought it will take a few more weeks, but it's just a process for at least one week. I'm planning to go to. China, joke. Nice, nice. <laughs> I hope the border will be open by that. Yeah, let's let's get it open. I know it's been. Uh, I don't know if the sh- the pot of log will come on, but I, I, Alvin, our team, and I, we work hard to put together like a uh, COVID nineteen story for for me. Like um, when I met the team last at a retreat, um, March thirteenth, twenty twenty, was that day, and uh, we have this whole. But yeah, I mean, uh, we all are all travelers, especially in this community of cross-border trade and e-commerce. Uh, so it's been really hard for all of us to uh, get through this. But it'd be really cool to have you come to China. We'll do some events and some networking. It'd be really great. It's been great to have you on the community, Aubrey. Yeah, it'll be great to meet uh, finally our members in person. <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right. So this week's show, we... Um, had a pretty cool one. Do you want to share a little bit about about the uh, about the guest, Aubrey? Yeah, I think uh, on this show it will be uh, very much valuable to our listeners, especially those in the e-commerce space, because uh, this week we will have Lam Turner of Helium Ten. I know um, most of those uh, entrepreneurs in the space in the e-commerce space already know the Helium Helium Ten, and probably they are been using it, right? <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's become one of the top softwares for uh for product research and other, of course, other parts of Amazon, uh, FBA and selling on Amazon. So Lem actually uh just recorded this interview a couple of days ago, and it was really intense. I mean, we didn't hold anything back. I, I learned a few new nuggets of information and strategies. We also share a little bit about how we're applying some of what we're doing to the uh, Blimp method program we're doing in Excalibur Brothers. But Lem, man, he's got some great information and he uh, he really shares uh, about it. So I'm excited for the show. Let's let's do this. Sure, let's do this. Okay, great. And then also just worth mentioning for GFA VIP members, we're working out a um, like a little mastermind, a private session with, with Lem sharing the screen because this was not screen share. This was like interview style. Um, but if, for those in our membership, right, Aubrey, we're working out the date. Date will be most likely and hopefully next week after the show goes live. But of course, we'll, you will be, we and you will be sharing with our, uh, our private members, right? Yeah, we'll keep them posted on when will be the schedule. Yeah, of course, with the time zones, we're trying to figure out. It might be morning Asia and uh, evening US. So, okay, let's dive into the show. I'd like to invite everyone as well, maybe if they're interested to join our community, we have to, we do have this private group called Global From Asia VIP Members, where we have separate member call for them, and it will be greatly beneficial to those on the e-commerce space as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you've been help, helping keep things really getting better on the membership. Also, you mentioned uh, before recording is we're doing the GFA Kids as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for I have kids, so they're they're in this. But we actually have more and more parents in the community and in the network signing up to um, 
because their schools are so closed. So that's uh, been a new development. Or we've been trying for a little while, but this has been doing even better than, than ever, right, Aubrey? And what else are we looking for? Yeah, so uh, as part of the GFA Kids program, we're looking for a native uh, English speaker to be part of that program. We're lo- uh, specifically looking for a teacher. Yeah. So if someone's interested, uh, please do uh, sign up. It would be really cool to, to see if somebody from the show is interested. And, uh, you know, it's, it's online and, uh, and it's new. It's a totally new way of, uh, you know, connecting online teachers and, uh, and uh, kids with specifically like in the international and digital nomad space. So let's see if we can get some people applying. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to our Global From Asia podcast. It's a fun one today. We're in the... It just finished Chinese New Year. I don't know if I told Lem that before we started recording, but Chinese New Year is just wrapped up. Some are still on it in February 2022. And so it's New Year's both for the West and the East. And what better topic than product research or, you know, like market research for your Amazon or e-commerce business. So I'm excited for today's discussion with us today. We have Lem Turner from Helium 10. Hey, how you doing today, Lem? How's it going? I'm doing great, man. I'm happy to be here. That's awesome that, you know, so we said Chinese New Year is, is just finished up. Yep. That's great. Good people, well-deserved break. I'm sure they're ready to get back at it. I know, I know. It's uh, it's still somewhat of a break. It's weird because the offices open earlier and the factories open later. I think maybe even in, in, in the West, you know, factories were always had a little bit longer time off. I don't know why that is, but yeah, in fact, it's more like offices are reopening this week. But and you know e-commerce sellers are considered more office than uh, factory, so they're they're all coming back. So yeah, it's it's really cool to uh, to get you, you and 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 the and the company Helium Ten on the show today. Do you mind just give us a little bit of background about about yourself, Lem, for people listening? Yeah, for sure. Well, like Mike said, my name's Lem Turner. I'm a brand evangelist here at Helium Ten, kind of similar to what bradley does i help educate people from all over the world and how to utilize helium 10's suite of tools to help improve their skills on amazon i've been at helium 10 for a little bit now but personally i've been selling on amazon for a couple years now i think a little over three years now and i have experience doing pretty much like everything you can do with amazon within retail arbitrage wholesale private label and consulting for amazon sellers so kind of just kind of ran the gamut throughout all those different methods. So, and now I'm here at Helium 10. So I'm loving it. Yeah, man. Retail arbitrage, I've never, I've never been involved with, you know, I think for us, just look, most people I, I, I think listening are in our, our world are in private label. You know, we kind of have the advantage, you know, here, obviously the show's name is Global From Asia. I'm in here in China. Mm-hmm. Most of our, most of our listeners are, you know, of course it's English, but we're, um, more like a little bit more, I don't want to say advanced, but usually more buying from factories or making our own brands here. So, but I mean, I, I do appreciate the, the hustle, man. Retail arbitrage seems like, I don't, I, I don't have so much content or knowledge about retail arbitrage, but it seems like a real hustle, man. Like that, that kind of, uh, that kind of seems really intense, man. But uh, I guess they all have their, their pros and cons to get into it, but not uh, sustainable. <laughs> yeah. It seems like it, man. It seems like it. So yeah, I think there's so much we could talk about and, you know, I'd, and uh, maybe we can even have more shows in the future, but I think that the main focus is product research. Everybody likes it. You know, it's a new year. Maybe people have new product ideas or, or even want to re- review their current products. 
how have you seen just product research develop over the years, you know, in Amazon and e-commerce? It's just, just a history of, of the practice. Yeah, well, product research has evolved massively over the years, in my opinion, because like back then, it was more of like guesswork and like almost like a degree of mimic mimicry where we would notice that like, hey, like there are some others that are being successful selling like a plant pot. And so maybe I can sell a plant pot with a attachable like water spray or something like that, you know, that kind of goes like one degree off. But, or it's just like guesswork of like friends and family, like kind of validating your thoughts of like, hey, like this is a really good product. You should like make this into a business, you know? But again, they're all like anecdotal or like subjective type stuff. Whereas now it's a lot more data driven and in that way, a lot more risk averse, I would say or risk prone, depending on the, your personality. Uh, yeah. But what's even more amazing is that now it's not even like, oh, as long as you have this one metric, you have opportunity, you can be successful. It's like, there's so many different metrics that can indicate opportunity, opportunity depending on how one defines opportunity, that it is really quite amazing, kind of like the opening of Pandora's box of like, wow, there's just so much different things we can kind of dive into dive in here with that product research i could see now that it's not a matter of how do i get started it's more a matter of like which one do i pursue right because i think that's really the main issue that people are running into now it's like it's like an analysis paralysis of which one do i do instead of just like sticking with or just finding one opportunity that's a good point. I like that. It's, you know, we have a basic outline for the show, but I like to kind of see where it goes. But I like the point of analysis paralysis. It's, it's definitely true. We talked to a lot of people in the community. We're doing a new program called Blimp Method, which is it's actually licensing on our brands to add new products for sellers. You can share about that too later. But uh, it's, it is a true point. Like a lot of people we talk to, they, they're, they're, there's too many products. They have too many opportunities. I think that's true everything i mean it's kind of an abundance it's amazing there's so this abundance of opportunity but at the same time it's a uh, it's too much to even take a decision so that's a, a kind of opposite problem rather than finding the right product you find maybe too many products which is an interesting thought which obviously leads to like diving into more of the meat you know some yeah. some of the practices you know what are some of the latest you know strategies or hacks that we could we could think about yeah. And with, with that, that's where you kind of have to, like, there's like two like main approaches. Like you really want to simplify. We're going to take a simplified look at it of, like from like a 50,000 foot view. Either you're going to go into doing product research from a product focus perspective, or you're going to go into it from a keyword focus perspective. And that's where like, there's really like, there are pros and cons to both, but there's still at the end of it, there's still like opportunity. And so like in terms of like best practices with product focus, and I like to always speak from the perspective that I'm talking to somebody who is trying to launch their first product, right? Not looking sure. to do like their third or fourth or fifth. And so when it comes to product focus, we always, and while this is, this is more like arbitrary, there is no like data kind of like behind it, but we like to stick between product opportunities that's going to be, or products that's going to be between like 20 to $40, just because if you break it down, like your cost of goods, it's going to, going to be around like 20 to 30% of your price point. So then you can kind of look at that of like, Hey, if I want to get started with like 500 units with a $20 product, 
I'm probably going to be spending like $5 or $4 per product. So I, I need to have at least like 2,500 or so um, in capital. And so that's where we try to stick between that 20 to $4 range. And just because with Amazon FBA fees and all, just like the fees that are all included, it gives you enough to be able to make up for some of the fees that are included with Amazon and still be able to, you know, maintain a, a healthy profit margin being between that 20 to $40 range. Now, of course, we could look at like $99 or $120 speakers, but then at that point, you're either going to categories that are a lot more brand focused, like Sony, uh, Microsoft, whatever, like big uh, brands that might be a part of that with higher price points. And so that's why we decided like to stay with that 20 to $40 range with products, uh, if you're going product focused. With keywords, keyword being keyword focused, that's where you're kind of looking at search volume and competition in that realm. And like, while those are obviously like two like big things that everyone looks at, I think something that is more unique to Helium 10 that I myself consider it like the opportunity right, right away is title density. Have you, have you, have you ever looked into title density at all? You got me, man. I thought I knew. A no, lot. no, that's all right. No, <laughs> you uh, got me. It's kind, of, it's kind of a, I think, I think it's, I think you probably know it, but we we just coined it a certain way, but I like title density just because like, you know, Bradley, like he's really big on like, how do I get on page one of Amazon? Like how, that's the name of the game. Right. And yeah. that's where it comes to keyword focus. Like I like to pay attention to title density and, and search volume. Um, and so title density is, is how many keywords, or I'm sorry, how many products on the first page that have a specific, or have that specific keyword of whatever you're looking at in full phrase form in their title. And so like, if, if you're looking up collagen peptides, pretty much every single product on page one is gonna have collagen peptides in their title. But what we've learned is, let's say I'm looking at pencil eraser for kids, but all the products that rank on page one for that product I'll just say pencil, pencil eraser for children, they're missing out on this opportunity for a keyword of pencil eraser for kids. And it, we've learned through research and through A-B testing that the title is one of the biggest signals you can send to Amazon, or putting keyword, proper keywords in your title is one of the biggest signals you can send to Amazon to get your product on page one of Amazon. And that just by putting, if you have a keyword and you put it in your title and it has zero title density, meaning that no other product has it on their, in their title on page one, you make it so much easier to rank on page one just by having it in your title, which is a pretty crazy realization that we came to, which is why I really like it and see that as a massive opportunity or massive indicator of opportunity, despite if there's a ton of competition or there's lots of saturation, but if the majority of my competition isn't max maximizing their title density with the top keywords in my niche that I look at as an opportunity for sure. Yeah, I like that. I like that. You know, with our, our latest brand, it's called Excalibur Brothers. We're doing it as a, as a case study. I can even talk about some of the products we're researching in this <laughs> session. We are looking at like, yeah, like, of course, there's the broad keyword, like just the product type. But then, like you said, for four babies or four kids or four bar, you know, we're, we're in like, maybe the bartending space or drinking accessories, but there's um, like one product we're looking at as a polishing cloth, like a microfiber. I, I gave our partner the sample, but uh, 
there's a lot of competition for that. Even Amazon Basics is on on the top number two on that uh, keyword. <laughs> but we're looking at it for for bartenders or for bartending or for you know for different uses. So like you're saying, so maybe they're not. I don't think they're targeting it in that niche. So if I have to review the titles, but it makes sense. I think that they weren't putting it that way. So you can find you can update your title. It makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I like. Yeah, I haven't heard that keyword title density or that coin phrase, but for sure, even back to eBay days, when I got started, the title, it's always true. Even Google, you know, internet marketing or the title is the strongest. And it's obviously the most clear one people everybody sees. And this to, to joke, to add a little bit of my, you know, my jokes, we call it like Tinder for e-commerce. Amazon <laughs> customers don't even, re- half the time, I feel like I'm writing a description just for the, the search bots, you know, like, which... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Nobody even reads the description, but you got to do it for, you know, the keywords or the the, the yeah. search algorithm, right? It's just got to put it there. Hopefully somebody reads it, but I, I really wonder, I don't know if you have data of who reads the description of an pr- Amazon product, you know? It's really just the title and then the pictures and the reviews, right? Like Exactly, exactly. That's, I tell people that all the time of like, the, the, the bullet points exist for the algorithm it doesn't exactly exist <laughs> if they read it good for them because but the majority of them are just going to look at the pictures and the reviews so just make sure you those are your top priorities so that's exactly. fun tender for e-commerce yeah yeah we <laughs> joked about somebody said that at an e-commerce event we did here in china and and you know it's like swipe right you know actually yeah. the other thing we say is there's idiots like we sold a coffee pot and it's it's espresso cups it's a it's a six cup espresso maker and they thought like Americans, you know, we're both American. Like we thought as Americano cups, they thought they bought this little stovetop maker that makes six cups. They thought it made six Americano cups. We're like, dude, it's six espressos, which are like, you know, this, so we got negative reviews, but we're like, we say it in the description, we say it in the bullet point. Right. But then we had to put it on photo two of the listing. Can't put on photo one. So it's like, so you so because people just probably look at the title search rank right click look at the picture swipe a couple of pictures and then buy right maybe read a review so we had to put it in photo two (laughs) like it's one you know one americano or six espresso cups you know it's like on (laughs) on the image you know because it's true you only do so much you only do so much (laughs) these people don't read but yeah Yeah. so i like your the the phrase yeah title density that's a nice one man and then you're looking at the top 10 if they're using your keyword phrase uh, in there which is awesome and especially helps with like if your title density is even much more important during the product launch phase that's when you're getting your you're going into your honeymoon period so that's where it's a lot more important you're you have the advantage of title density you have the advantage of the honeymoon period and if you just put a, a little bit of ppc behind it like you're you have all these like signals that you're able to send to amazon that like hey like rank me for this keyword that it's almost like you're you're giving it yourself to amazon of like please put me in this like group of like I like to call like my top keywords a cool kids table. Like, please put me at the cool kids table. Please, I want to. There we go. So that's where like going through all those methods, especially for a product launch, is really crucial. No, I like this. This has been awesome, man. Just diving right into some strategies here. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Because still, I think, of course, there's A9, Amazon search uh, algorithm. 
but it's nothing like Google, right? I mean, I guess it's probably been improving, but I, I, I'm kind of sneaking that one in there. I don't know. For sure, Google is much more advanced algorithm, right, than Amazon even now, right? Would you say, or just general random? I'd like question. to think so. I'd like to think so. <laughs> yeah, I think it's still true. I mean, Amazon's obviously been improving over the years, but I think again, Google's still got that advantage of their algorithm. Okay, well, that was really cool. And I like the idea of product focus and keyword focus. Yeah, it's true. Like we also say the same, right? Start with a, a low enough price investment. Like you said, that's if you're doing 20 to 40, right? You want to get it hopefully four times markup from factory, you know, three yeah. times at least for your margins. And, you know, one thing I just say about title density and just the concern I, I get from people is they're afraid that it's too niche, too small, right? Like, you know, you go after the big one, which is obviously dominating the ranks. So you niche down, but you could always broaden, right? Like you could always go for that bigger niche once you, you're in there, right? So your title could always change, your your strategy can change once you get that traction in, in a little bit of a four babies or four bartenders at the beginning, yeah. right? Is that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. Because like, really, you're looking for, you're not looking for the whole pie. You're looking just to get a foothold. But from there, you can slowly but surely like grow your market share, especially if you're not, I don't, I don't mean to say like if you're intelligent, but especially if you're staying on top of which of your competitors are not doing their due diligence. You're like which of your competitors are cutting corners of like, hey, maybe they're not maximizing all the characters in their title, or maybe they only have four images, or maybe they don't even, they don't have any product description or A plus content on their listing. Like I like to see those as competitors that like, Instead of going after the big one first, like, and the one who has the most market share, I like to take away market share from those who are closest to me in terms of a consumer looking at my product and my competitor's product of like whoever's closest to me, who are they going to buy? And I want to make sure that I take them out and then just move on to the next one, the next one, the next one and work my way up. But from there for sure is when you expand, then once you like build the credibility of your brand, because ideally if you're watching a private label product, you're trying to build a brand. You're not just trying to make a quick buck. Yeah. Uh, and you grow your brand, like it just increases the legitimacy of it. So it's sort of like a rinse and repeat type of thing. But the biggest obstacle obviously is just getting in there, doing the doing the work you need to do. Agreed. So Let's talk about the analysis paralysis. It, it's, it's, it's definitely, I think we both see it a lot in the industry. So we see all these amazing opportunities. What are some tactics you have for like, you know, I, I like the title density, you know, the product price, right? What are, what are some ways that you, you can narrow those down? Of course, we can keep it on the to-do list or later to, you know, the, the future launch list. Is there other insights about narrowing yeah. it down? So like some other, other ones I like to look at is... I like to knowing my skill set, if I like knowing how well I can market, that all I need is just a quality product, right? And seeing, and when I say quality product, I mean like one that like people are gonna be satisfied with, they're gonna, when they buy it, they are gonna get it outside of like, like not reading the listing, like them being satisfied with their product, right? And so from there, I like to, when I'm doing product research, and this is something that we talk about a lot in our Helium 10 Pro training videos, is looking at markets where competitors are still doing $10,000 or more in revenue, but the average rating score or average star rating is uh, below four stars. Mm. And that means there's a demand for this product. There's a demand for this niche, but for some reason, most of these competitors are not fulfilling this need, or maybe there's only like one or two uh, that are doing it. 
And so I like, I like to do that when I'm looking at my products is looking at the average star rating that they're doing and the average revenue numbers of like, Hey man, like these competitors, they have a 3.5 stars. We're doing 12,000 a month in revenue. If I just made sure I did my due diligence, found a really high quality manufacturer, worked with them to understand what is causing these consumers or these customers to be disappointed. And then came in here with a better product, the, the higher price point, like I'm going to blow these people off the water just by having four stars, you know? So like, that's where some of the other things that I take into, uh, take into account when looking at final products. I also look at average review count versus average revenue count for those who I think are going to be my main competitors, because there's a big difference between looking at competitors that have average review count around like 200, but they're doing 10,000 revenue versus average review count of 2,000 and they're doing around 10,000 or, or 2,000 reviews and doing around 10,000 revenue. And then that kind of gives you an idea of the barrier of entry of, man, I'm going to need to get around 2,000 reviews before I can get to like $10,000 in revenue versus the 200. That's that's real doable. It's real manageable, especially uh, if you're in a niche. And it kind of gives you an idea of how like new is the niche. There is no like, there's no like data out there, at least to my knowledge, that can tell you like, hey, this is when fidget spinners were born. Like this is when it created, you know, like there's no data, but you can kind of get an idea based on the reviews of the space of like, wow, a lot of these products only have like 40 reviews or 50 reviews. This must be a pretty new uh, product as it's trending. I should like look into it, get into it. And then just for those who feel a lot more comfortable with their skills of being able to market a product on Amazon, I like to look at the competitors in the space and see, all right, off the top 10, how many of them have a fully optimized listing? How many of them have more than seven images? Do they have graphics on their images? How many of them have A-plus content? How many of them have videos on their listings? Of the keywords that I'm looking at targeting, how many of them integrate those keywords into their listing? And just looking at, all right, is this a market that has a lot of people who are just, were just happen to be first to market, but they don't know how to properly market? Or is this a, a niche that actually is going to be very competitive to me, competitive for me, even if I like go like, like all, all the way, all the way to the top and like maximize every single facet of my listing. And I'm still going to struggle. It's kind of just getting an idea of like, essentially like doing like a scouting report of your team, of your product against your other competitors of how well is my product going to do against them. If, if it was a 10 out of 10 product, how our 10 out of 10 listing, how well is it going to compare to these other listings? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, just kind of like sizing up your competitor, like looking at how experienced they are, looking at their product line. Yeah, it's true. It's more of an advanced one. I think I think it's true, like kind of going back to how we started, you said like, you know, if it's your first product, maybe you're just getting started. You, you, you don't maybe want to size up all your, of course, it's probably good still, but I mean, it's more like if you're like a bigger seller, experienced seller, and you want to go into this niche and you want to like dominate, you, you get like a more holistic view because there's some, you know, like obviously the aggregator space, the investment space is on fire right now at Amazon. And I've seen businesses sell that just had one, two listings for millions, right? You don't need a lot of listings. You can make, obviously it's better if you can diversify across multiple listings, but you know, a lot of sellers, it's the 80, 20 rule, right? So some, you could just look for a, you know, just want a small category of a few products. You're just looking, maybe you're just starting. You just want to find a couple really good, good products. But then if you want to build out a whole line, right, that's a, that's a different story. And like you said, if you're a little more experienced and, and uh, in it for a bigger, uh, the bigger piece, then 
probably size up all your competitors before you even really get into any of any of those products, which is a, yeah. a different thought process, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think definitely like I think one of the biggest things, like if I'm like boiling it down to like two or three products um, that I'm looking to launch, I think one of the things that people don't think about and something that I've personally been caught of like, oh man, I, I didn't think about that is the cost per clicks in specific niche, right? Because like sometimes you may, everything could be right. Everything could be green. You're like, this is good. This is good. This is good. Everything checks the box. But then you realize that the cost per clicks in that category is around like $2, $2.50, like something where it's like, it's just not manageable, especially if you're starting off and majority of your capital is just going into drafting your listing and buying the inventory. And you still haven't gotten a return on that, those capital yet. CPCs can really um, make or break your listing. So I always like to look at, you know, looking at my top 10 keywords, just kind of throw them in a mock campaign, look at what are the suggested bids that Amazon gives me. And then if you even want to go one step further, getting a couple of samples, find like maybe like 10 units of samples of like each product, actually listing it on Amazon wow. and then advertising it, but doing it at like a high price point where like you, you're not really looking like to like have a fully optimized listing, right? You're not looking to actually like make money, it's but cool. you're looking to have impressions and clicks on your products that you at least get an idea of, mm. all right, is Amazon suggested bids actually correct is it actually around 80 to a dollar or is it uh, like three dollars because there's a main competitor that just is driving up cpc because they have unlimited budget against yours and so that's been i would say like that's where that happens like 20 percent of the time in my experience where suggested bids are actually a lot lower uh than it actually is like the cpcs are significantly higher than my Amazon suggested bids are, but that's happened like 20 ish percent of the time, but just, just in my experience, but that's something like you really want to go one step further. That's what I was suggesting. Well, that you're kind of answering in my, my main last, you know, meaty question is, you know, like of course helium 10, your software and other software. I mean, how much can we trust that data versus real? I mean, you're kind of answered it by actually making a, a small sample listing, which is, Amazing. I mean, do you just have a general back envelope? How much should we, I don't want to say not trust the data, but you know, how much should we error factor? Should we do like a plus minus range on what our, our numbers are showing us? Like how much should we, you know, I don't know if it makes sense, but how, you know, like, I don't want to like say, don't trust the data, but how much should we <laughs> No, I get it. factor um, into it? Yeah. I mean, like, it's not like when the data is, one of the most accurate sources of data on Helium 10 out there. But is it like when we are searching stuff for like 500, when it says search volume is 500, is it truly like 500? No, it just means like it's it's pretty much around that range. And so when we're looking at the data that we collect, really like that's where historical data will be your friend. When you're looking at a nation, when you're looking at your competitors is seeing what kind of trends are there. Is it is this a, a keyword that maybe all of a sudden it's been averaging around like a couple hundred search volume, but it just spiked up to 10,000. And now that's why it looks like opportunity to me. To some to some individuals, they may see this as, uh, this is the, this is just a start. Like it's going to go to 100,000. I'm going to jump mm. on. For others, they may see it as, oh, this is just a fad. Like I don't want to jump on a train. I don't want to jump on it when this already mm. spiked. You know, so like that's where historical data is going to be your friend in that case. I'm looking at a lot of different not looking at a lot, but 
looking at at least like five to 10 competitors and keywords and looking at the historical background of those markets. I recommend if it's like, especially if it's your first product, that if it lacks historical data based on your comfortability with risk, I'd rather, I would suggest not getting into that niche just because you're going to be waiting around in the dark for most of that time, just trying to understand how to go further in this market. And then the other part of like error factor you should put in place. I like to, when I'm looking at, obviously everyone when they like are looking at launching a private label product, they're thinking, all right, this is what it could be. Like, this is the potential. Like I could make this amount of money. I can make that much profit. I always like to put in a scenario, okay, but what does it take for me to break even? Like to not lose any money, but just to break even so that if like SOS, I got to break the glass, press the red button. Like what does it take for me to break even? And then I run through that, those numbers of, do I reduce my price? Would I reduce my price to that? If I reduce my price to that, what's it compared to my competitors? Or am I, because if I'm the more, one of the more expensive listings compared to my competitors, if I reduce my price and it, then I just look like everyone else, you know, because then I can't really liquidate or would I go forward with increasing my ad spend, but keeping my price point and then just try, trying to drive sales to that. Would I try to do coupons or promotions to liquidate? Just looking at like all the ways you can break even and just run through your scenarios that way. If you do have to do it, you don't have to figure it out on the fly because in that moment, you're going to make emotional decisions that's going to impact the financial health of your business. Whereas before, if you prepare, you can make objective decisions of like, look, we already, we already planned for this. Like, unfortunately, this is happening where this just isn't kick our launching as well as I thought it would. Now we just put in plan B, right? And could we already have it ready? rather than trying to think of, uh, think of how to make plan B in the moment when you're frustrated and uh, uh, maybe things aren't going well. Cause I think we like to think about like the glamor and the appeal of everything, but like it, it's, it's realistic. Like everything is a risk, right? And uh, sure. sometimes things don't go our way, but it's not a loss, it's a lesson, right? And the goal of it is to make it not an expensive lesson, right? So like, that's really when I look at just break even, that's the goal there. You know, it was not my favorite bar, but when I lived in New York City, there was a bar called Plan B. <laughs> 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 it I'm was Plan B, bar. you know, if, uh, <laughs> if think, if, you know, the a Plan A bar, you know, yeah. you know, meeting the girls or, uh, you know, having a fun time didn't work out. Plan B was like, it was more like a dive bar. It was a yeah, dive yeah. bar in the Lower East, <laughs> Lower East Side. I don't know if you know there. And I was like in a basement, you know, it's like a beer only kind of place called Plan B. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> But it's true. We should all have our plan B. And, you know, like it's true. You're basically, we're investors, right? We a lot, Of course, we're entrepreneurs or business owners, you know, mm-hmm. but in the end of the day, we're investing our time, our money into this product, this launch. And, you know, just like any investment thesis, you should have, you know, you got to run the models or, you know, you seem very, it's great. You're very analytical, which is very important, I think. But yeah, you have your, your A plan A, your plan B, you know? So like you said, break the glass, you know, pull the alarm, you know, liquidate, you have that plan. So that's why also it's good with a lower cost investment product, you know, especially when you're just starting or, or getting into a certain niche is a, is a good strategy. But this has been, man, this has been great. Lem. I really appreciate your insights. Uh, yeah, of course. 
actually we were talking about it in our GFA. We have a VIP community called GFA VIP, and we're we're you know some people didn't actually couldn't believe it, but there was a few people in this group didn't know helium ten. So do you want to just wow. you know maybe mention a little bit more about it? We didn't dive into too much, and we'll share some other stuff. Yeah, for sure. Well, really, like the pillars of helium ten are truly rooted in, and we kind of like kind of touched upon each of these facets a little bit as we were talking, but the rooted in product research, product validation, keyword research, and listing optimization, right? Which is like, I would say it's like 80 to 90% of the success of how, what determines your success on Amazon are those, are those four facets. And while we have probably, we have our probably over 20 tools and counting, not only for like not only for helping launch your business, but helping sustain and scale your business. We have we have tools that are solely meant for growth. We have tools that are solely meant for off-platform marketing efforts outside of Amazon. So that way, because we like to think of the large scheme of things of like in whatever in whatever scenarios that sellers find themselves in, how can they use Helium 10 in each of these scenarios? And so that's really where our huge bandwidth of tools here at Helium 10 has come from. And the opportunities are endless, really, because Helium 10 offers so many different data metrics that that's why I said at the beginning of this that opportunity is not solely reliant on one single metric. Like there's so many different metrics that you can look at depending on whatever your definition opportunity is. And that's where I think Helium 10 truly embodies the message of, of being the Amazon seller's all in one suite of tools for any Amazon seller of any level. And that's where I really think that Helium 10, I was a Helium 10 fanatic before coming oh, cool. here. So now I, now I just get to be paid to say it instead of there being you go. creepy saying that on my own dime. But yeah, I think <laughs> it's a really awesome tool. And we have so many like free tools as well that it's almost like, why not? Like nothing to lose, everything to gain. And yeah. once you get a little taste, I think you're gonna be pleased with what you get. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've seen it over the years. You guys, it's true. Like, you're definitely investing always in product and tool and, and grow and growing the product. We, I've seen it myself over the years. We're, we're also a you know a partner and affiliate. We also have a special offer. We'll link in the show notes, but we've had it there. We'll also embed this podcast in that review page where we talk about some of the tools that we've used in Global From Asia uh, community, which is awesome. But yeah, like you said, even there are even free. You know, there's limited use. Of course, the paid is gets you full access, but you can get by with a free version for for those getting started, which is awesome too. That you allow people to, you know, get some get some use even before they have to to invest, because uh, it's really appreciated for that. And yeah. and I think that's it. I I do hope man, there's just so much to talk about. I really enjoyed this a lot. And you know, just a little bit of background: what we're doing here at the Global Asia Show. We just launched a new. January, a new program called Blimp, which is brand licensing improved. And we have four franchisees, we call them. They're, they're different sellers and we're launching Excalibur Brothers brand. This is one product we're considering. It's a drinking horn. I don't think we're going to do it though, but exactly. But the way it works is each seller has their own seller account. And then we, we make the listing on our, our brand, brand registry and everything. And we help launch for uh, sort of four different ASINs with four different sellers. And we are as a brand driving the, helping them with the launch and the, the listing for that. Awesome. So yeah, we've been using Helium 10 in our research and, and reports. And I, I, I hope, I think we're gonna do, I don't wanna put you on a spot, but I think we're, 
maybe you or somebody in your team will join us for a, a session uh, later soon where we could go through the software and, and some of the tactics with a screen share and others. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Okay, great. Thanks so much, Lem. It's been a real pleasure. Of course, Helium 10, but if you want to get our, there is a special deal. And of course, it's an affiliate. We, we will get a little, little share for that, but you also get a special price at globalformation.com slash Helium 10. And we'll link up in the show notes and also have this podcast with all the other info. So thanks everybody for watching and thanks, Lem, for your time and input. It was really amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you, Lem, for sharing. And Proc research is super important, right? Aubrey, you've been helping out in the Blimp program with the franchisees and Excalibur Brothers preparing these research reports. And uh, um, it's very important to, you know, know before you invest in the product to know what kind of product you're going to be selling and knowing the market, right? Yeah, it's very crucial, especially when you're on the stage of choosing products. Yeah, so my favorite thing I learned from this interview with Lem was uh, I forget the keyword he called it, but it was like product title density, where the idea is are people in your in a competitor list using the exact match phrase of the keyword you're targeting in their title, right? So if it's not in their title, Amazon probably will give you more priority in the search because having your key the target keyword in the actual title is a high chance to rank. It sounds obvious, but when you think about it like big picture and you look at those top 10 in Amazon, do they use that exact phrase keyword you're targeting in their product um, description, title, product title, and uh, some other nuggets there. Uh, I really want to show the screen, but we had to choose because this is an audio podcast as well as video, and most are still watch, listening to this on audio. But um, we will have the members only screen sharing and talking, and I'm really excited to have uh, have them on there. Also, we have a special offer, right? I don't, I don't know if you're ready for sharing that, Aubrey, but of course, Helium 10 has given our listeners or our viewers a special offer that we can link into the show notes. I know you've been talking to them as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, they will be uh, launching a special offer specifically for the China market, but I believe it's not uh, yet been uh, discussed or they haven't yeah. discussed it yet. So There's also a, a long-term evergreen offer we have. If people click our globalpromedia.com slash helium 10, we have a write-up of a review. We'll embed this podcast and we also have uh, two different choices. If they sign up, they can get a... Um, either a couple of different choices with their price. We don't want to say the exact offer because the price may change. So the sooner you get it, probably the better the deal you'll get. Uh, and of course, just full disclosure, we are an affiliate. So that means we will get a commission, but to no extra cost to, to you uh, signing up. Actually, if anything, you get a cheaper price than you would if you signed up directly. So it's a win-win for everybody. And uh, that's, that's it. Also, Aubrey, I think, there's some new developments. We got the guest host and some new guests coming on, right? I think you maybe you don't want to share who or when, but that, that's been working out, it seems like, finally. Yeah, we already have few guests in the line, and I'm excited to match them with our GFA VIP members. So, again, if someone is, some of our members are listening here, if you're interested, please do uh, message me, and I will uh, instantly connect you with him so we can schedule another uh, recording for the podcast. 
Yeah, and I think the best, of course, there's a lot of ways to reach you and WeChat and others, but it's uh, email is vip at globalformasia.com and that will that will go right, get assigned to you and you can help take care of those requests. So thanks again, Aubrey. And I think that's it for today's show. Anything else we want to add? Uh, none so far from on my end. I think uh, our listeners, our viewers will definitely uh, benefit from this content. Definitely. No, this is a good one. And we'll, of course, be on the show notes, but it'll also be on the Helium 10 review page, which you can check out at globalformation.com slash Helium 10. Thank you. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.